0: You're listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, where you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood, told by the men who lived them. Raw, real, and 100% unapologetic. And now, here is your host, Eric Rogel.
1: Hey, this is Eric Rogel, and thanks for joining us on Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes. This is where each week you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who live them. And today, I've got another roundtable episode for you. And in this one, the guys and I got together to talk about my interview with Mark Stern. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend that you do. Mark is a great storyteller. He had his own television talk show for years, as well as being a singer, founding a record company launching newspapers across the U.S. which made him a millionaire in his teens, and hosting the Miss Nude Universe pageant. And he tells really entertaining stories about all of it. And his interview was also inspirational. See, Mark has a philosophy of taking any opportunity that comes his way, no matter how ridiculous it seems at first. Like the time he answered the door at his new apartment and found a naked couple standing there. He says repeatedly he likes to throw a lot of shit on the wall and see what sticks. Because for every nine or ten things that don't work, there's one that will, and that makes up for all the others. And Mark also made it part of his life's purpose to help those around him as much as he could. He was fortunate with the success that he achieved, and he felt it was his duty to use his wealth and talents to help others. At the end of the episode, I talk about what I took away from talking to Mark, like his willingness and openness to try anything, even if he knows nothing about it, and also his duty to give back. So I wanted to see what the roundtable got out of the interview, what they're going to integrate going forward. So I got them together. Now, joining me at this roundtable today are John Archer, former corporate guy who's now an entrepreneur and is also a key member of my WLKH podcast team. We also have Tom Byrne. He's an entrepreneur, CEO, and business advisor, married guy with three grown daughters, and uh, Mark Haney, who's a former corporate sales trainer, and is now a life mastery coach. We also have Doug Cerny, who's an attorney and entrepreneur. Uh, Frank Antonucci, who's a sales executive at one of the top marketing solutions companies in the country. And finally, we have Barry Weinberg, a chiropractor and life mastery coach, who actually introduced me to Mark Stern and made this interview happen. So let's jump in. Uh, I gave the guys a quick recap on the interview to start. So Mark, interesting, interesting guy talked his way into Motown Records at 15 years old, started his own record company shortly after, started a bunch of different companies, got into the newspaper business, made a fortune in the newspaper business by looking at opportunities, and then went on to MC, yeah, the, the nude pageants, and uh, got himself a TV gig out of that that lasted about eight or nine years. Met wow. a lot of celebrities, did all of that kind of stuff, and along the way helped a lot of people start their own businesses, And get their own careers going he's 73 74 now and um owns a a talent agency helps book several hundred um, people and get them you know uh paying gigs i want to hear from you what did you guys take away from this what was your biggest impact for you Barry? why don't you start since he was your guy
2: yeah when um i met him before we did this and he's he's a high energy guy he's got lots of stories to tell about his life and things that he's done. But from listening to the interview, the thing I got away from it, um, when I was a kid, my dad used to always tell me, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And it's kind of what I got from him. He was like, if you don't get out there and just do it, things aren't going to happen. He says, even if you throw 10 ideas out there, if one works, that's the one that you're, you're, that's the one you put the energy onto. You just go out there and you keep going, you keep going. And that commitment and that duty to make those things happen and don't let the fear stop you have that courage and um, just go out there and make it happen. And if you stick with it, it'll happen.
3: Yeah, I, my, my takeaway was very much similar. I think that he talked about at the beginning of the interview with, you know, Putting the shit up the wall, up against the wall, see what sticks, um, and and I think that is so indicative of obviously his entire life of taking that attitude of you know if you don't get up to the plate, if you don't swing at the pitch, you know you're not going to hit the ball, and, and I think again so many times people I think we've talked about this in the past that people kind of wait for things to happen to them and okay how come th- you know I'm not getting this break. And it just kind of comes back to you. you. Just have the attitude, have to have the attitude that you get up there and you either go down swinging or hit the long ball. But either way, you got to take that cut. You got to take that try. You got to take some chances if you're really going to make something of your life, whether it be your career or your life in general.
0: Yeah. And Tom, uh, just to jump onto that point, it really, he really kind of embodies the. The notion of that success isn't knowing what to do because you know, it's more of having the drive to succeed and, and the passion. I mean, he didn't know how to do any of the things that he, he succeeded at. What kind of 12-year-old or 15-year-old knows the music business? Nobody. Papers, how to run a paper, he doesn't know that. TV show, he never did that before. Just figuring this all out along the way, just knowing that he was having fun and he was passionate and he wanted to succeed but he didn't know how to do anything. So looking back at that, it's like, okay, well, where can I, where am I still in the areas where I'm just sitting around doing things because I know how to do them versus where are some areas I can expand my horizons a bit and look at, okay, where can I challenge myself on things that I might not have done in the past, totally new to me, but knowing that I can succeed with just putting my attention on it, being passionate and knowing I want to win.
4: Well, what I took away from that was that He trusted his intuition. I mean, throughout all of his life, he would just go after the things he enjoyed. He would trust his intuition and pursue it. And like he said, he wasn't afraid of failing. So he just went into it because I think it was later in the interview that his parents did not agree with him wanting to go into music. But was he 15 when he marched in there And he wanted to uh, work with Barry Gordy. And it's very comical in how he talks about the nudist camp. But, well, this is an adventure. I haven't done this before. I'll go try it out. He just goes to trust his intuition to go there and enjoy himself and look at the opportunity that comes up. And that's how life works. It's like, man, I'm here to enjoy life. I'm not here to work. I'm here to enjoy my life. When I trust my intuition and I go do the things that I enjoy and I get to the right places, there's always opportunities right there waiting for it.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's stepping into that unknown, right? Like boldly stepping into the unknown and just having the courage to go, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this. But also having the self-honesty to go, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to learn as I go. And I'm just going to make sure that I'm really, really good at it. So, I mean, it's something that I really had to look at, you know, for me and myself was where has that lack of self-belief, lack of courage, lack of willingness to kind of do something I don't know, kind of helped me back from, like you said, Mark, like an adventure, you know, some kind of new adventure. So yeah, really, really uh, had a lot of impact on me on that. Just that courage alone and the willingness was amazing.
4: Well, and then when he started, see, he wasn't afraid to ask for help. I mean, at 15, he went in and, you know, he wanted to meet Barry, very Gordy. And he just, he stuck with it. He stuck with it till he got it. And so he got that mentorship to get him going, trusted his skill sets and aligned. And then he mentioned his brother a lot on what an influence his brother was. He said, we both had our own skill sets, but my brother made me better. I mean, I, it always comes back to the... To the saying "iron sharpens iron," it's who do you surround yourself with that it's going to make you better. And yeah, I he just had loved had how had he Appreciation
1: went and- for his brother too, which is what I really like. You know, he appreciated what these other people, especially like you said, he brought his brother up a lot. He appreciated what these other men brought into, or people in general, brought into his life and his businesses.
2: And then he and paid, he paid could- it forward.
1: He yeah. Paid it forward. He had all these mentors, and then he became
2: a mentor and supported people in being successful in their businesses and show business. And that's been really a theme of his life, having mentors, learning, and then being able to mentor
5: into the future. One of the uh, themes that I felt as I was just hearing his words and all was how much, not only did he have courage, but he seemed to have a high level of interest in everything he looked at. He was interested in, the drugs business for his father. He was interested in the music business. He's interested in the actors and actresses. He's interested in the nude pageants. He's, I mean, he is, he just seems to be looking at everything's with, with, while it was with wonder, it was also with a high level of of interest of, I'd like to know more about that. Let me ask the questions. Let me find out about it. And, and I, you know, to me, I know he called it courage, but I call it more of a, um, he was so interested in it, it, his interest overcame any fear issues.
1: Yeah, Doug, I'm going to say, like, what about the word fascinated by interest, too? Like, it fascinated him that maybe he could go host this nude pageant. It fascinated him that his brother was like, hey, we can get into the newspaper business quickly. Yes. You know, like yes. that wonder, that fascination, that sense of, you know, being yeah, an explorer and kind of pushing that boundary a little bit. That's well, but look of- at it.
4: When you're, when you're not afraid to fail, right. life really becomes an adventure. Well, I don't know anything about newspapers, but I just got this $25,000, so yeah, let's, let's take a try at it. He proves out what his final takeaways were, was right? Just keep going. The guy just kept going into stuff, and he just duplicated success over and over again because he wasn't, li- he wasn't afraid to fail. And he didn't feel like, I have to have all the answers. I'll get the help I want. It just feels to me like he looked at life as like an adventure to be explored and enjoyed. And so he just attacked it.
6: Yeah. And I mean, you guys touched on, you know, so many of the powerful themes throughout this. But to me, I mean, he just embodies the phrase, make your own luck is is the k- big thing that kept coming back for me of of listening to what he did of just he made his own luck and it also kind of brought up a quote it's from Richard Richard Branson of like you know if someone offers you an opportunity and you're not sure you know how to do it 100% of the time say yes like, you'll figure it out don't say no if it sounds like a you know a a fascinating opportunity say yes and and you know back to your point mark having zero fear of failure makes that a heck of a lot easier
1: and I think was a, a powerful lesson from this. Yeah, yeah know, when, on top of that, I, wanna, I just want to add one thing on that, Frank, because the other side of what we're saying and taking that opportunity, not being afraid to fail was, he did fail a few times and he was okay with it. That mm-hmm. was, I think, the important thing was, it wasn't just that he didn't have a fear of failure, he was okay with the failure. And that, you know, what brings it up for me was the story of you know, saying no to funding the artist Peter Max, who became like the, you know, the voice and face of the 60s counterculture movement. Millions and millions of dollars could have been made there and he just went, yeah, I just had to make a decision. I made the decision and I moved on from it. You know, it didn't define me, it didn't crush him, he didn't dwell on it. So I think there's that part of it also with the failures, not just not being afraid of it, being okay with the decisions you make, being okay with the failures, learning the lesson and moving on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, well, you look at, when you look at it that way, it, it, I could just feel the mindset. When you've gone through that so many times and it becomes such a habit for you, it is not even a failure. You're not even thinking of it that, that way. And therefore, all of that stuff isn't in the way. All that resistance isn't in the way of your success. And you just keep feeding it back into more success. And it's this self-fulfilling loop of winning. And see, the other
4: thing I took away too, though, on that point, that you were making Eric is you just get the feeling well he actually said it that money isn't the priority right it's how you treat people he said without honesty there is no relationship and there were several different areas where he made quotes about you know treat people right and it was what i found very interesting was he wasn't just a man who says treat people right and work out of integrity but you know, the one guy, I can't remember the gentleman's name that was giving him the the shows at the condos, right? And the guy had given him a bunch of shows and he says, Well, sure I'll do this one for half price because you've given me he was treating him right. But then when he saw what the guy was getting paid for it and wasn't treating him right, he's like, Cancel all of my shows, I'll go start my own and treat people right. And I mean that to me was just that that was very impressive of the amount of integrity and stuff. Okay, I'll do a new adventure. And I'll make sure that people are treated right. And you saw that pattern throughout the whole interview was how much he appreciated people, how much he cared for people and paying forward and about treating people right.
1: Yeah, you know, Mark, what's interesting about that, too, is if you remember in the interview, and what uh, got me on it was he credits his brother, Gary, for that, because he wasn't like that at the beginning. And he said, I learned that from my brother, Gary. Gary was yeah. the one who wanted to make sure everybody was treated fairly in every deal. Everybody made money. Everybody was happy in the deal. And he said, I, I didn't think of it that way at the beginning. But I think he said something like he rubbed off on me and I got it from yeah. him. So, you know, he could even just take on those, those values of others and, and some of the strengths other people had and kind of fold it into his own, um, his own life.
4: Oh, exactly. And I mean, that's like what we get out of these, these interviews, right? Every one of these interviews, I hear these things, and then I take on more of that for myself. That's how we learn from each other.
2: I thought it was huge. It was so uh, heartwarming, I guess. At the end, you know, everything that he's done, everything he's contributed, being in this interview, he said, was the thing that made him realize after 73 years what an impact he really had on people's lives.
1: And that that i think that is so so huge that's part of why we tell the stories right because it's you know we don't there's this this thing in society about being humble and not you know talking about yourself but in some points it is taking ownership and appreciation of your own wins of the stuff that you do do and i think in telling these stories not only do we impart that that wisdom that experience that knowledge onto others but we also reinforce it in ourselves hey this is what i'm doing with my life i'm living a good life i'm being a good man i'm doing the things that i need to do and it's that reinforcement for yourself that's so important too
2: he even said i came on here trying thinking i was going to help young men and i wound up helping myself
3: yeah i just say on that eric is you know there is a, a i think i'm paraphrasing a quote that he said if you don't give back you don't deserve what you get so Kind of tie back to what Barry's saying, I think this reflection maybe is to look back at his life and just see that how much he has given back. And, and so he, he truly does deserve this life that he has and, and he talked about, I think throughout the fact of you know, using your money for good. It's not that you know, he sought to have like excess amounts of money but you know, what good could he do? He talked about being the fixer He's the guy that people look to, whether it's they need bail money or they need a loan or what come back to me is this is the guy that you could always count on, which is, yeah, I think a, a testament to what he's done throughout his career, throughout his life.
4: Yeah, it was almost like he was the godfather. He started going through that list of all the things he could fix, but in contrast to that, he was you know, the man of integrity, like the opposite of what the Godfather would have been. He had those connections and he had those relationships and he was there to support people.
1: For, for me, yeah, what I'm getting out of that too now is you say that, Tom, um, you know about helping people and it's not about the money. I'm seeing on a deeper level is money is just a tool to him, right? Money is not anything in and of itself. It's a tool. It's something you can use. And it's given him the ability to help these other people. He can, it's something he can turn to in his bag and say, you know, all right, well, I can do this and I know this person. I oh, and I have the money for that and we can just move forward. So it's not, you know, the value in the money is what you can do with it rather than the intrinsic value of the money itself.
3: Right. It's not about hoarding it. It's about using it for good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah there's a theme
0: that keeps coming up with these interviews and it keeps getting stronger is where these successful men have not gone through the traditional path of, let me get good grades, do well in school, uh, go on to my job and do this. They've all kind of just done their own thing, been sovereign about it uh, from young ages or they've gone through some difficult times and they're not focused on that traditional path that everybody feel that feels they have to follow and they go out and they do their own thing and they succeed. And it's uh, interview after interview, it keeps coming up. And it's just one thing that I'm aware of as I listen to these things and kind of that, that off the, off the regular path that these guys take. And, and even as a young kid at 12 years old, I mean, trying to think of myself at 12 years old, trying to do something that bold and going into this place and just basically demanding that I, that I get a chance. It's just, it's, Amazing the, uh, I guess the word for it is like that—that that childish uh, innocence that you can do anything, and we lose it as we go through life a lot of times, and he kept it the whole way through and kept his life as a journey, as everybody said before. So those are the things that are sticking out for me. Yeah, you know, John, you
1: know, but, great point. But, you go know, ahead.
3: another I would say common theme uh, in in the episodes thus far has been this attitude of when somebody tells me it can't be done or you can't do it, you kind of move into that uh, mindset of not defeated, but just proving them wrong. So it's, you know, the harder you say that, uh, you can't do it, the bigger the challenge, the more will, the more grit that comes out in these men to prove everybody else wrong and prove themselves right. That, there's nothing that is too big, too hard. There's nothing that's impossible if they set their mind to it.
1: It's that, it's that self-belief, you know, and, and I, I think between what you're saying and what John just said, but what it came up for me was, you know, all these men had these challenges when they were young. They didn't have the quote unquote ideal upbringing, the, you know, perfect parents, uh, a lot of them had very challenging childhoods, and it gave them that, that drive to be better. And what I, what I see in that is the value of that challenge, the value of going through a lot of these things, and then having those little victories, taking those victories and saying, well, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I can do this. Regardless of where I am, I just prove to myself that I can. I knew that I could overcome that. Now I'm going to overcome this. Now I'm going to overcome this. And it's step by step by step until they just become wild successes. So I, I see the value in a lot of that as well.
6: The thing uh, too that I found I found interesting was when Eric, you mentioned something to him about uh, any plans to retire. I forget the exact wording where he was like, no, I'll probably die on stage somewhere. But he was just saying, he's like, no, I need to find those new deals. This is what I do. And I think that is... That's how everyone should be looking at life, you know. I think, um, for the most part, the traditional means is like you're retiring from something. You know what I mean? And, and it just highlights that most people probably aren't doing what they're really passionate about or what they, they really hate care what about. Doing. They got to get because, out because, yeah. yeah, what what he's uh, he has nothing to retire from. He's been doing what he loves his whole life. Why would he, why would you stop? I mean that that was that that stood out to me. Yeah, and it's
1: about that passion and um, and purpose, right? You got passion yep. and purpose. Why would you stop doing it? Right. right, I love this. This is what gets me up every morning. Why in the world would I want to not do it? And I think that it is. is like it does. It brings up where most people are just very unhappy with what they're doing. They can't wait to the day they don't have to go to work anymore. It's sad.
4: Well, you, you don't retire from your purpose. Your life is your purpose. So there's nothing to retire from.
1: Yeah, excellent point, Mark. Absolutely, 100%.
3: Uh, do you get that off of like uh, a fortune cookie or something like that? That's pretty profound, man. The bumper sticker on his car. I saw it.
6: That came school. from the heart, Tom. The heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just copyrighted that, Mark. I'm making t shirts now. So,
1: D. <laughs> no, can... <laughs> Frank, you took something from this. You're not
4: afraid to try something. Although,
6: you better so, go back. And saw, look saw I saw the opportunity. I seized again. it. I seized it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: He's the day,
6: right? Yeah,
4: there you go. The whole interview was very impressive. Um, just, just the way he attacked life and the way he went after it. But boy, I tell you, the bit, there were two main takeaways for me that integrate. You can integrate it more and more, and that's not to give up. Look, whatever you're doing, for me personally, it's when it gets really hard, and I've tried for a while or something, oh, I just want to quit. But I loved what he said is he said, uh, you get that one success out of 10, you'll forget about the other nine. You just keep going. I can certainly integrate that more into my life. When he was talking about that, I could just feel like, oh, he's right. You know, hearing that just reaffirms it inside of me and then treat people right. Just the way he lived his life and the way he went through business and everything, and he always treats people with integrity and honesty. For years, I've known that sales, whatever your business is, there's an element of sales, whether it's product or service, it is a relationship business. And that's what I love about the core seven and honesty, integrity, man, in a relationship, those are mandatory.
3: Yeah, um, I would say, Mark, very, very similar, that honesty, integrity. He, he spoke about his brother that in deals that he learned, it's not about getting every last dime. It's about doing a fair deal. That many times his brother had the opportunity to charge more, whatever the case may be. And he's like, no, this is fair. I, I'm good with it. And, and I think it goes back to that, that reference to the time that he was working for the talent agent. And he did a favor, but then he realized that he was being taken advantage of and rather than harp on it, just say, hey, you know, enough's enough. I'll show you. I'm going to go out and start my own agency. Um, And again, that's a situation where he wasn't being treated fairly and he kind of moved on. But just, you know, that, that thing of, you know, you don't have to get every last dime. You don't have to take advantage of the other person. Do what's fair. Put yourself in the other person's shoes, and you're really coming back to business as win-win, more than anything else. Yeah, it's it's what how'd
4: the phrase go? Um, we work to live, not live to work. It's money just becomes such an obsession if you allow it to, and life is so much more than how much money you make, or what your title is, it's who you are. And specifically for this group, it's who you are as a man that I want to be remembered from. I uh, forget the podcast just a while back where the guy says, I just want to, at the end of my life, I want to say I was the best man I could be. Yeah, that's that's what I feel.
0: Yeah, for me, for me Eric, I think it's a couple of things. One is the whole point about this talent agency that was doing some shady things taking a look at a few things in my business career right now that are a little bit shady and uh, going to take some steps there to correct that take some uh, bold courage there and and correct those that's one thing and the second thing is just where can I get into some more things that that I don't know one of them was a podcast I didn't know anything about a podcast and here I am uh, on the WLKH team. And, and that's been really great. So where else can I go out there and, and find some things that I don't know and, and dive right in.
1: Excellent, John. Yeah. I mean, same thing podcast for me. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing in this thing three months ago. So awesome. Doug, what'd you take away? What do you taking I, on?
5: I I love the, just look at everything. You, you use the term fascinating. I felt that with him. I could really feel the, I'm just gonna take on new stuff. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating. I'm going to learn from other people. I'm going to help other people. And he's, he, he feels very integrated with not just himself, but those that are around him in a, in a very dynamic, hey, life's good, let's take it on, we'll make it happen. And when we stumble, we just brush ourselves off and keep going.
1: Beautiful. Barry, what'd you take away? What are you, what are you taking from this?
5: Well,
2: I'm, I have so many ideas for things, for songs, for music, for uh, just ideas. And um, you know, I related it to him so much with the music and um, just to get out there and do it. Not every song is going to be a hit, but you just got to keep putting it out and learn the things I don't know how to do yet and find people that do know how to do it and just make it happen. and Just keep throwing that shit against the wall, as he says, just keep, keep at it and until one of them sticks you know I, I sometimes i hold myself back because oh, i don't know how or or you know people aren't gonna like it or whatever but screw that you know find a way
1: find people that know how learn how and make it happen yeah and knowing that the first few are not going to be perfect right whatever it is that you don't know how to do doesn't have to be perfect that first time that's a takeaway for me it's that you know, i always feel if i'm doing something for the first time i've got to get it just right it's got to be awesome Otherwise, what's the point? But then you learn, you know, you do those first few, you learn from them, you get better and better and better, and you keep moving forward. So yeah, I appreciate that, Barry, because I'm going to do that same thing. And the music things, you know, those of you that are listening, Barry is the one that wrote our theme song. So that theme song you hear at the beginning of each episode, that was Barry. So that one's beautiful, brother, and you hit that one out of the park. So I appreciate that. Frank, what about you? Thank you, Eric.
6: Yeah, I think uh, the big one, is, you know, be decisive, make a decision. He mentioned, you know, even if, uh, you know, nine out of 10 don't work out, you're still going to be successful. Make a decision, follow through on it, um, and truly make your own luck. The other, the other thing, John mentioned it to me, and I think it was really profound and just worth bringing up again of that childlike innocence and natural curiosity and, and just having that childlike approach to things where when you're at that age, you're, you're not worried about failing. You're not worried about what if you're just naturally curious, taking on those opportunities. And again, so many of us just lose that unfortunately early on in life. And, uh, you know, Mark's a great example of somebody who never lost that and, and, you know, look what it provided to him. So I think that's something all everyone could take away from it.
1: I agree. It's, it's never losing that childlike sense of exploring and the natural curiosity. That's something we should all hang on to. I want to thank all the men who joined me for the roundtable today. And as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, we're working on a new version of our website right now, and there will be a roundtable page where I'll be putting all the bios up for all the guys in the roundtable, along with links to where you can find them so that you can reach out to them too and actually take advantage of some of their products and services that they do, all top quality stuff, all stuff that I highly, highly recommend. So now I want to hear from you. What are you taking away from what we said today? What insights did you get from the roundtable that you didn't get when you first listened to the episode? Let me know. Find me on social media. I have the links on our website, wlkhpodcast.com. You can click on those and leave me a comment. And also, remember when you're listening, make sure to rate us, leave a review and comment, and subscribe. And always, most importantly, make sure to share this with men you know are going to get value out of it. I want to thank you for listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warrior Lovers, Kings, and Heroes today. I'm Eric Rogel, and I'm honored to be with you, to be your brother on your hero's journey. I'll talk to you next time. Bonjour. This
0: is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food whether they're here in France, like me, or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app